56% of college students are women, and 48% of employees in the workplace are women, which is awesome. Ladies, this is proof that we are smart and working hard. But you know what's not so awesome? Only 29% of VPs and just 22% of C-suite executives are women. In male-dominated industries such as STEM, these numbers are even more startling. As these numbers state, women aren't lacking the knowledge, education, or ability to be leaders in the workplace. What many women are lacking is the competence to take on risk. Most of us have heard this one before. Men will apply for jobs they are 60% qualified for, yet women will only apply for jobs they are 100% qualified for. This type of stat also applies to women at their job, not willing to take on that new, unknown project. What she's lacking is the belief that her skills and abilities are not only quote-unquote okay, but are powerful and needed in the workplace. The Confidence Workshop is created to help women dig deep into their mindset and get to the root of this problem. If this conversation gets you as fired up as it gets me, we are now taking applications for this workshop for the ladies of STEM corporations. Please head to our website at nextlevelconfident.com to learn more about the Confidence Workshop. What's up? You are now listening to the Next Level Confident podcast with Janelle and A. If you are ready to challenge your previous ways of thinking and take action on the bold, purpose-driven life you were created for, you'll want to keep listening. On the show, we will vulnerably discuss finding your purpose in life, strengthening your mindset, building quality relationships, and prioritizing your health. I hope you're as excited as I am. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome to the Next Level Confident Podcast. Today, I would like to welcome Kat Soper. She is an entrepreneur and free spirit. She's the founder of the Helpful Academy, New Zealand's largest training center for small businesses, and she's married with two children and a lot of fur babies. How are you doing today, Kat? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Janelle. You are so welcome. Okay, you guys, so first and foremost, if you have not yet given five stars to this podcast, please, please, please do me a huge favor and give a five-star review. Let us know what you're enjoying, what content has been helpful for you, and um, always feel free to reach out if you also have an idea of what you want to hear more of. If you want to connect with Kat, you can head to her website, www.thehelpfulacademy.com. And you can go to at the helpful Academy on Facebook and Instagram. So you'll want to, you'll want to find this badass business, babe. Mm, mm, mm. Kat, will you tell us about your small business growth calendar? Sure, sure. So um, one of the things that we offer on our website is that we have a 10-month business growth calendar. Uh, so what it is is a, a printable that you can print out and you can write all over. And it gives you small actions each month to take to help you grow your business. Amazing. Okay, so who would you encourage to grab this calendar? I would say anybody that's either thinking of starting a business, has just recently started a business, or is in that position where they still want to grow their business. 
Amazing. Amazing. So whether you are currently an entrepreneur, you can go grab that, or maybe you're working in corporate America, but you have this idea that you're like, maybe I could turn that into a business. And you're just curious of how you might do that. You can go grab the calendar and learn more. So we'll link that below. You can click that link to grab the calendar. Okay. So we're going to dive into the meat of this. Um, Kat, I know that you told me that you're super, super passionate about women feeling inspired to be courageous and take imperfect action. And so I'm curious, have you always been good at taking imperfect action or are you a recovering perfectionist of sorts? I don't even know if I would be considered recovered or recovering. <laughs> yeah, perfectionism is something that I've definitely always struggled with, and I still struggle with. And you know, I I have a coach that helps me um, pu- and push me to take more imperfect action. But um, it is definitely something that I've embraced more so. I would say in the last three years. Uh, and gosh, it's made a massive difference to my happiness and my progress. Wow. That's amazing. Okay. So give us some examples of some things that you find yourself struggling to be perfect with. Oh, well, because I'm in business, it, it mostly relates directly to my business. And so when you create something, you want to get it perfect before you send it out there to the world. Um, but, but you just like, there gets to a, a point where you need to it, just put it out there and see what happens. And actually I'm now of the opposite where I usually try and pre-sell or commit to something publicly before I create something because otherwise my perfectionism will get in the way of me finishing it. Ooh, that's so true. Yeah. Okay. Accountability. So is, accountability. Yeah. Right. Right. Really I know. And I'm trying to think for someone like if, you know, sometimes like you can tell people, have you heard this before? Like if you tell someone that you've already, that you're going to do something, sometimes you get this, um, like an ego boost or you feel really good when you tell someone. So then you don't actually take the action item. So it's almost like you have to tell someone who can hold you to that level of accountability instead of just being like, oh, wow, that's so cool. You're going to do that. And you're like, thank you. I know it's so cool. Right. So how do you think that someone can find like accountability with that? Well, it would, so that's not something that I've struggled with. Usually like once I've told someone, I feel compelled to finish it because, um, yeah, but it would be all about who you tell, I would imagine. You need to tell someone who's not just a fluffer, not just going to fluff your ego, (laughs) but actually go, hey, look, where's that thing you said you were going to do? Like what happened to that? Right. (laughs) Not a fluffer. If you have fluffer friends who are making you feel good about the things that you talk about doing. Well, because I just know from my perspective, like I used to be that person. I would talk about stuff. I would talk such a big talk. I'd be like, one day I'm going to do this or, you know, one day I'm going to do this. And it was like, it was stuff that was like really far out, you know? And, um, and I remember I, I did get to a point where I got sick of hearing myself saying it over and over, but I do think for a while there was a part of me that got an ego boost from just talking about it because it it seemed cool to talk about. Yeah, that's really interesting because I would say I'm the opposite. And so I'm sure we've got people uh, listening who can relate to both of us, but I'm more like too scared to put it out there or talk about my big dreams. Like I've got the big dreams, but don't necessarily want to voice them because then like, what if they don't happen? And it's that fear of failure or perfectionism that, that then rears its head. Yeah. I I weirdly feel both. Like I'm trying to think of an example. 
I think, well, the one thing I'm thinking of is I used to talk a lot about moving somewhere. And that was when I would talk a lot about that I wasn't taking action on. Cause that was like yeah. really, really, really big. Like you either moved to that place. Like I always wanted to move to the beach. So I would say I wanted to move to Australia or I wanted to move to California from Colorado. And so that was the thing I talked a lot about. Um, but then I kept not doing it, but there are other times where like you're saying, I talk, I say it and then I'm held account. I'm like, Ooh, shoot. If you're going to tell someone you're going to do that, like with business, yeah. I do, I do feel a little more like that with business. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Hmm. So, so I've created a um, network of three other women. We meet every week. We're meeting after the, the day finish with you today, actually. And um, they call me out. Like if I say I'm not, um, if, if I say I'm going to do something and I don't, or if they can tell I'm not taking action because I'm being too much of a perfectionist, they'll be like, okay, what is your next step? What is the next thing that you need to do just to get me out of that, that spin or um, make, see me make some progress? And I think you need people like that. They're just, I couldn't be without them. How did you meet those three women? Uh, so we were in a coaching group together, actually, and we were encouraged inside the group to create accountability buddies, and I couldn't pick just one, so naturally I had to pick three. <laughs> <laughs> it was good because it meant if someone's busy, like we can still meet uh, for those who can meet, and it, so it just keeps the momentum going. Because um, I know not everybody would need to meet weekly, and we like we certainly miss weeks. I, I think we've missed the last couple of weeks, but. Um, for me, and because we're all very goal-driven, weekly gives us such great momentum and keeping us accountable. Uh, so yeah, I think you just have to find people who you have something in common with. Hmm, that's cool. And I think it takes the intentionality, like you guys met within a coaching group, which is pretty much the most ideal way to find someone who's growth-minded, who's taking action on their goals, and you can help hold each other accountable. Yeah. Um, but if you're not in a coaching group, or you're not sure, you know, if you're you're not even sure if coaching's your thing or not or whatever. I think from there, it's even being willing to ask your own friends intentional questions. One of my yeah. clients was saying that recently. She said, I started to actually ask my friends, like, what are your big dreams? What do you want to take action on in your life? And she said, until her and I started working together, she hadn't been asking herself that. So therefore she was never asking her friends. And now she's yeah. starting to have deeper conversations with friends. And so that can sometimes even that in and of itself is a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. And asking your friends, I think it is good if you have um, something specific that you want to be held accountable for and that you find people who are also like on that same journey with you. Um, like, for example, if you want to increase your movement, <laughs> which, um, then to find an exercise buddy or if you want to find a new job to find someone else that's in that or aware of or has at least had experience with that. Mm -hmm. um, Facebook groups are a big one for me because I'm such a relationship person. Uh, I do make good connections in Facebook groups, but interestingly, we haven't, none of us have been part of that coaching group because it's, it finished, it's all over for at least two years now and we still meet every week. Wow. So that's, that's cool. long gone, but we still have maintained the relationship with each other. Oh, I love that. That's perfect. Very cool. Hello, just in case you were starting to hit your mid-podcast lull, we're going to take a quick break from the regularly scheduled events to boost your energy and have a little extra fun around here. I'm going to ask today's guest rapid fire questions, and then we'll pop back into the conversation right where we left off. Here we go. Hello. 
right now what we are going to do is power our rapid fire questions. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. So Kat, first question is, what is the best advice you have ever received? Oh, that's a good question. I've never got it thinking of things on the spot. Um, I think probably the best advice that I was ever given was at my wedding and a speech and it was don't go to bed angry. Like don't sort it out, angry, sort, yeah. sort it out. Okay. So you and your husband have followed that because you're about to have 20 years of marriage, right? So it sounds like that might be working well for you. Well, I wouldn't say we're perfect at it, but we're, today we're here to talk about imperfect action, right? So right. Exactly. We try to follow that advice. Yeah. That's good. I love it. Yeah. Okay. What is your favorite beverage? Oh, I'm either a chai latte or a kombucha. Mm, yeah. And what kind of kombucha? Oh, all kinds, but especially fruity kinds. Yeah. Like pineapple. I love pineapple kombuchas. Mm. Definitely. I do like a good turmeric kombucha too, actually. Ooh, turmeric. Yeah. Double the whammy. Get the turmeric turmeric and orange is the flavor I drink a lot of. Yum. So good. Okay. I have a blank at my desk at all times. Uh, a glass of water. <laughs> a glass. Very exciting, is it? Did you say a glass of wine? No, a glass of water. <laughs> a glass of water on my desk at all times. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I was like, honestly, respect. I mean, if you have a glass of wine at all times, like, girl, you're crushing it. <laughs> no, no. I also do have a few crystals on my desk at all times. Yeah, uh, because water. I like to fidget. So when I'm talking, I fidget. Um, and some affirmation cards I recently created. Yeah. Ooh, affirmation cards. What do your affirmation cards say, if you don't mind sharing? Let's pick one, shall we? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Um, I send these to all of my um, clients now and they love them. Okay, so here's one. Um, my income grows every month. Yes. It's love it. Affirmation. My income grows every month. Yes, it does. Yes, yeah. it does. Okay, Kat, what is a strange or bad habit that most people don't know that you have? Oh. Oh, I'm probably not the best at moving my body enough and doing enough exercise. I don't think it's a secret. <laughs> <I'm pretty. laughs> so, um, I currently have a friend that's my walking accountability buddy and um, we text a photo of each other or message, Facebook message a photo of each other every day on our, um, on our walk to show that we've done it. Good for you. That's great. I love it. Well, and this is all about vulnerability and honesty, right? That's what we do here on the Next Level Confident podcast. So, I mean, I'm sure there's other people who can, especially since COVID hit, can really agree with exercise yeah. uh, has gone downhill for some of us. Yeah. <laughs> it's never been something I've loved anyway, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. What is a book or a podcast that you are reading or listening to right now? Oh, so um, I am reading a book by a good friend of mine, actually, Lorraine Hamilton, who's a coach, and it's called Dye Your Hair Purple Sooner. So it's all about stepping into your leadership, um, like awesomeness, basically. Wow. Dye your hair purple sooner. Yeah, I've only actually, I'm only in the first chapter and I already had to go to my office and get my highlighters and I've highlighted so much of it. So good. Okay. We'll link that below so people can check her book out and it's cool. You're, you're friends with her too. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Favorite personality test, if any. Ooh. So the one that made the biggest difference in my life is actually called talent dynamics. And, um, 
I took it, I think it was about 2017, and it's based on the archetypes. I don't know if you've ever taken any other ones that are based on the eight archetypes, but it really helped me understand myself a lot better. Like I always thought there was something wrong with me my whole life because I'm from quite a smart academic family. And here was I, this creator, I couldn't stick to anything for long, all of that kind of stuff. And um, I found out that through this, that's actually my superpower. So I stepped into that, into my, like, in my business and made sure that I was um, working with my best um, energy, I suppose. And, oh, it's just transformed my life. I'm so much happier. Wow. So does that have to do, like, a certain time of day of working? Or are you saying, like, a no. action steps? Yeah, so there's eight different archetypes uh, or types of people. So there's creator, like the creators, the entrepreneurial people, the people who always have to be thinking big picture. And then there's the star um, who's loves shining light on people. So Oprah and Ellen DeGeneres are great examples of a star. And then there's the supporter, which would be like the team manager type of person. And they need constant um, activity with people and all of that kind of stuff. Did you want me to go into this level of detail? I mean, why not? not? I think this is so helpful. Yeah. I, I want yeah. to take the test already. I haven't taken this one yet. It sounds amazing. Can I, sorry. We're going to actually have to end the podcast right now. I'm going to take the test. I'll see you guys later. Thank you so much for joining the show. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah. So yeah, as I said, there's the creator, there's the star, there's the supporter, which is the team like communicator loves people. Then there's the deal maker whose single skill in life is to connect people and to make deals whether it's sales or not but just to oh you know who you should talk to you should talk to this person that mm -hmm. kind of thing and then there's the trader who's um a very grounded type of energy really like customer focused etc um and then there's the accumulator who is a real details person you can think like project administrator project manager that type of thing uh then there is the lord which again is a very detailed kind of um, project manager type person and then there's the mechanic who comes at the end and like makes everything better like looks at everything sees what's broken and fixes it and so I'm from a family of I would say lords and accumulators and mechanics real detailed people and I'm at the top like a big picture thinker I'm the I'm the creator so I always have to be doing something new and knowing that about myself and knowing that actually I could use that as a superpower rather than resist it and try and be someone that I'm not made a, a massive difference to me so cool Hugely. i love yeah. that okay so is this a free test or do you buy it no unfortunately it's not free i think it's 147 us um if okay. you yeah okay. if you go on the website we'll tag um, it for people below because i feel like people are probably listening and thinking oh my gosh i want to know what I, what i am yeah oh so i use it with all my coaching clients it's so useful and it's really useful if you're in a corporate situation and you're a manager or a leader to do with your team because it can help you understand what and that's what i really like about this one is that it specifically applies to your work so mm -hmm. your your role at work whether you're in business or whether you're in corporate either way you can apply it to specifically what you do and i guess the what they encourage is that you should try and make 80 percent of what you do in your primary energy Ooh. And then 20% in the in the other energies that you can also kind of dip into, but that's how you can extend your energy for longer. Wow. Okay, last question on this. Um, because we're going really down this rabbit hole, but I'm loving it so much I can't get out of the rabbit hole. Um, 
can you be like two art archetypes? Like, cause I feel yeah. like. So, so actually we're all three. So we all have a primary one oh, okay. and then we all have wings to the two either side of us. Oh, cool. So when you do the test, you actually get like, it shows you on a square and it shows you how much of each of the, the profiles that you are. And so I'm really up top. Like I'm all mechanic creator and star, like all up top, uh, no trader energy, like 3%, I think. Mm. So I'm, I'm just like, completely opposite and I don't understand those people at all (laughs) (laughs) and that probably means you need one of those people to maybe work for you 100 percent yeah so the cool thing about this is that you can use it to work out who you need on your team whether like whatever team that is whether it's in life or whether it's in your job or whatever because you can use it to figure out and if you can form a team of three um so you can have um, yeah, if you can form a team of three, then you can have all eight, eight archetypes covered. So oh. I know in my business, because I'm in business, um, I need a supporter to be my team manager and I need an accumulator who's my assistant. Wow. Oh my gosh. This sounds, this really does sound life changing. Cause yeah, we try to often, we try to do it all right. And like, that's kind of a premise of what we're talking about today with being a perfectionist. We try to do everything really well. And the, the truth is, we can't do everything really well. We have our strengths, we have our lesser strengths and we might as well delegate those lesser strengths when there's someone else who that is their strength. Yeah. So now when I am working with people who are hiring for their business or their team or in corporate or whatever, um, and in my own business, I always use this profile system before they have the job because you can match the profile to the job description and figure out what type of person you need. And a lot of times, you like someone, excuse me, looks good on paper and you think, oh, I get on with them really well, but maybe they're too similar to you and they're just not the right person for what you need. Hmm. Right. Because you might be attracted, like if you're a star, you might be attracted to other stars, but unfortunately, two stars are going to not balance out the team properly or something yeah. like that. Or, or, or it might be the one next to you. A lot of stars are, are really cre- um, attracted to creators. Uh, and so they'll want to work with a creator because we can kind of bridge the gap between details and people like, uh, so we, we're kind of a bridge, but a creator could not do a job consistently for a long period of time. That would be more a, an accumulator or a trader type. Person. Wow. Oh my gosh. I, I'm oh, literally yeah. so excited to take this test with my husband tonight. This is going to be so interesting. So good. Okay, cool. Send me the and link, it will be below for you guys too. Uh, I'll get back to you on what I am and what Frank. I don't know if that was a power question. <laughs> I know. I was like, well, here we are. We're going down, but it's helpful. It's all helpful. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you for sharing. Okay. okay. We got two questions left. One, will you ever move from where you currently live? Absolutely. <laughs> where do you think uh, will you go? So this year, we were actually supposed to be traveling with my family in Europe. We did it in 2018. We took our kids out of school and we went traveling. Um, and we were supposed to be doing it again this year, but for longer, like we were going to go for six to nine months. So yeah, like I'm not tired to live here. We live here because my mom is here. Mm. Yeah. And, and just for those listening who maybe don't remember from the intro, New Zealand is where she's at. So pretty. Sorry. I am in Wellington, New Zealand, the capital city. Yeah. Which I'm sure is really, really cool. But I love that your heart is for like adventuring and exploring and that you would even take your kids out of school to go on an adventure for six to nine months, which would probably be the best schooling of their entire life, you know? Yeah. But we've done it before and we loved it. It was so good for our family. So cool. Amazing. Okay. Last question, Kat. 
what was your best moment as a business woman? Oh, that's a really good one. I think it would have to be um, when I launched my group coaching program, Flight Club, because um, I launched it with a webinar and I made 20 spots available and I never thought I would sell out, never in a million years. So I was kind of hoping secretly, well, not so secretly now that we're telling it publicly, I was thinking if I get five, I'll be really happy. Um, and, you know, I, I got it full and it, it just, it, it was such a cool moment because that transformed my business and, um, and how I launch and, and my whole uh, customer pathway. Wow. So cool. And I know I've heard that whole story from start to start to finish and it's so inspirational. Like, and I love your humility in it too. You know, it's like, you're like, I was hoping for five and then I, you know, I sold out and got all 20 spaces filled. And just, I think it's just a testament to all the hard work and the love and the energy and the, I mean, I can tell you care very deeply for people and you really want to see them be successful. Um, so you, you rise to that occasion and I see that in you. Yeah. So I guess that was the first part, which was the, the win instantly gratifying for me. But then six months later to have a, like a high proportion of them want to stick with me for another year and to see the transformation that took place. That was, that was the real um, satisfying moment, knowing yes. that I had helped make that happen. Right, right, right. Oh, so cool. Thank you for sharing, Kat. So mm -hmm. good. Woo! That was exciting. I hope you are feeling energized like I am. Let's go ahead and get back to our regularly scheduled events. Okay, cool. So my next question, going back to our perfectionism thing, is where do you think the need for perfectionism comes from? Hmm. I think it does come from fear, fear of failure. Uh, and whether or not that's um, just human nature, I think, to, to a certain extent, pretty much everybody I know has some level of perfectionism or fear of failure. So, yeah, I think it's, it's partly our nature because we want to succeed. Most people want to succeed. Yeah. How, okay, so how do you heal it? Or what is, I mean, because you, you've said, I'm, you're not even recovered, right? And I'm not recovered of a perfect, we're all perfectionists, I think, especially, do you think yeah, women are more perfectionists? I don't think it ever goes away. Right. Um, I don't think it ever goes away. I think you just have to, um, it's a bit like having anxiety or things like that. You know, you, you will always have a level of anxiety. It's just about managing that and taking action to move past it. So with perfectionism, uh, I find the easiest way to move faster is just to start taking action, just to, get on the action train <laughs> and once you're there you start to get some momentum but it's it's the getting started a lot of the time you just you need to take that first step so yeah yeah, yeah that's so good yeah so I feel like this podcast you know I know you work primarily with entrepreneurs and I know that there are some entrepreneurs listen to this podcast and then some corporate women um, mm. but I am curious do you think that women struggle with perfectionism more than men do Oh, in my experience, yes. And I think it also goes hand in hand with imposter syndrome. I certainly know men with imposter syndrome, for sure, and, and perfectionism. Like, don't get me wrong, but I think women do suffer with it 
more just from my experience than me. I'm not an expert in this space. Right. I'm just like <laughs> another girl on the journey. Um, but from my experience, I do. Yeah. Okay. So within, within your coaching program for entrepreneurs, um, what are, what are your tools for helping women to overcome perfectionism or to handle uh, it? Well, I don't know that I necessarily ha have a program to help people overcome perfectionism, but what I do is, is I've just picked one topic and that is business growth. I, th I think whatever your situation, whether you are working or not working, maybe you're a stay-at-home mum or maybe you're in a corporate job or a business owner, to the easiest way to move past perfectionism, I think, is to follow a system of someone who succeeded at whatever it is that you're trying to succeed at. So whether that's you read a book or whether that's you uh, listen to a podcast or whether that's you take an online course or you study or, or whatever, but to actually follow a system uh, that can take you out of the perfectionism and that frozenness and get you starting to take action. And then you're not having to have that, having to figure everything out yourself. Mm, yeah. Is that what you did? Yeah, that's what I did. So, so it can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing because you can get stuck on the training cycle. And so you're like, try always training and perfection, like perfecting the art of educating yourself, but still not taking action. So that's why I do really favor having accountability or having a mastermind group or having a coaching program that you're part of so that it's not just about consumption of information because we can get stuck there really easily uh, to always need to know the next thing or, or whatever, but you're actually consuming information and taking action at the same time. That's the true way to get past it. Yeah. Yeah. What this is reminding me of, well, it's reminding me of two things. First of all, when I host the confidence workshop for women in corporate America, something I touch on is acquiring knowledge is one of the five components to building confidence. Um, yeah. But it's not generally the one that women struggle with. In fact, if anything, that's the one a lot of times us is when we, we continue to acquire more and more and more and more knowledge thinking, well, if I have more degrees yeah. or more certifications, then I'll be ready to take action. And unfortunately, um, just because you have a lot of knowledge doesn't mean you're ready to take, well, you are ready to take action, but it doesn't mean you are taking action. So um, yeah, makes Absolutely. me think of that. And, and also the other thing is Rachel Hollis talks about with writing a book, um, that like you can do all these things around writing a book, you know, you can go to coffee with someone who is an author and, and talk to them about, you know, what's it like to be an author? And you can go to a conference to learn about how to be the best speak or the best author. Uh, but at the end of the day, you just got to sit down and write the freaking words, you know, you got to write the damn yeah. words. <laughs> um, Absolutely. And, and I think with anything, anything that you're wanting to do, regardless of what it is, you you need to set some goals and you need to, make them written and you do need to tie them to a time frame because if you don't have a time frame and you don't have specific goals and you don't have a way to like you haven't worked backwards to achieve them with little action steps that you can take and key milestones it's unachievable or you'll achieve it because it's too vague and so you achieve it by default like hey i want to grow my business well if I grow at a dollar, that's technically achieved the goal, right? Right. <laughs> but, but is that going to be satisfying to grow my business by a dollar? 
or is it going to be satisfying to lose like half a pound <laughs> in weight if your goal is to lose weight I think so you do need to have uh, goals you need to have a time frame and you need to get specific about what it actually is that you want to achieve I completely agree one thing I'm that's making like that's popping up in my mind for this so like with business for example so say you're like, okay, I want to make $100,000 a year, which you would break down to saying, you know, let, we'll say it's about $10,000 a month, right? And mm-hmm. I guess like for that circumstance, if you're newer to business, then might that feel like you're, you don't understand exactly how to get to that number um, yeah. So like, you, you know, your action steps, right? Maybe it's reaching out to 20 prospective clients a day or, or yeah. something like that. But you don't, I think, I guess something, that, and I'm feeling the same way about going back to weight loss. Say, you know, you want to lose, you know, 30 pounds or something like that. Yeah. But then maybe you feel vague on how do you put a timeline on 30 pounds or how do you put a timeline on $10,000 a month? Um, if you don't know the exact action steps that get you there or how much yeah. time it might take. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I think it comes back to following a system. Uh, so if you, if you get a coach or follow a system with it, you know, it doesn't matter how, how you're following it in a book or a podcast or whatever works for you personally, what works for me is actually joining a coaching program. So I've joined weight loss coaching or mastermind programs before, or um, I've joined business coaching programs before. There's coaching programs for writing a book. There's coaching programs for working on your anxiety. There's coaching programs for anything. Um, but even if you find a book on that topic and just follow the steps that it outlines, that's, that's the way, cause you're absolutely right. Otherwise, how do you know how you're going to achieve it? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I, I think like there's, you can correct me if you're wrong. This is my, one of my thoughts is I think there's also a both. And I do believe in setting a timeline of when it needs to happen by, but I also know like when I was a personal trainer, for example, when, when someone said I need to lose 30 pounds by you know, I, I usually encourage one pound per week weight loss, nothing more drastic than that. So 30 pounds would be 30 weeks, which is over half a year away. Um, and sometimes they could get there quicker, but sometimes it would take longer. And, and I, I think it's kind of learning that both end of like, yes, you want to send an end date and yes, you want to set all the action items that need to happen in those six months in order for that goal to, you know, likely come true, but also not beating yourself up if you get to that six month mark and the 30 pounds didn't fall off and you only lost only quote unquote 20, right? But you still lost 20, but you're focused on the 10 you didn't lose, right? So what do you, what about, what do you say to that? So my favorite catchphrase is progress over perfection. And so we're often very future focused as people. We're often looking at what we, we haven't yet achieved. And our our vision is like up here and then our actual reality is so much lower comparatively. So that's where it really comes back to practicing gratitude and actually looking back and seeing what you have achieved and really spending some time acknowledging that because we often don't look back enough and there is real power in looking back and doing a review and being grateful for what you have achieved. And the great thing about plans is that they're adjustable. Like just because it's written on paper or written in Trello or written in an app or you've told someone about it doesn't mean you can't adjust it. Uh, it just means that, um, yeah, it, life, is, life is flexible and life is imperfect. Progress over perfection. 
Yeah. So good. So good. And like not putting an expiration date on, on that dream or on that number, you know, it's like the 10,000 a month or the 30 pound weight, whatever the, you know, your goal is listening, whoever, whoever it is, that's listening, that's thinking of their goal. It's like, you want to set a date in your mind, but then also realize that if it doesn't happen by that date, that's not your expiration date. That doesn't mean that's when you stop trying. Yeah. That's just, um, it's it doesn't a- mean you're a failure. It just means that it hasn't happened yet. So, um, I, I do think that it is, while it's important to set goals and things, it's one of, the, one of the parts of the process that I'm really big on when you are ever setting a goal, regardless of what it is, is to also write down why you want to achieve the goal. Because that connection with your why needs to run deep. If you don't have a really deep why, then it will be really easy to give up when the time gets tough and it, the, the tough gets going. You, but if you have a connection with your why, and as long as that why is still valid, you will have the, maintain the motivation to keep moving. Mm, so good. Oh, I love that. Your, your why needs to be deeper than your discomfort. Mm, yeah. It's so true because if your why is shallow, and it's interesting because I've noticed even with myself, there are times where I think my why is deep. Like I'm like, of course that's a deep why. That's a great why. But then, you know, like push comes to shove and going gets hard. And I'm like, ooh, I guess my why wasn't deep enough. So I either need to get a deeper why so I can actually go forward with this, or maybe I need to readjust my, my game plan or my journey because I have a new deeper why and I need to follow that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So here's one area of perfectionism that I personally struggle with. And I'm curious what advice you have. One thing that I do with my perfectionism is I will write emails that take me forever to write because I'll write it and I'll write like half and then I'll reread it like three times and then I'll write some more and then I'll reread. And this is like, you know, a pretty short email, but it's like, I want the email to be so good because I'm trying to impress whoever it is that I'm reaching out to. What advice do you give for that? <laughs> well, in terms of um, like spending too long on one task and not moving on? Yes. Yeah. So I, I would say set a timer. Like it, just, <laughs> it is incredible what happens and how long we can spend on something if we just let ourselves spend the time on it. Uh, but something happens, right? If you start the timer on your phone and all of a sudden you've got five minutes to tune out this email, it, it will become way more perfect, way more quickly because you're under that time pressure. Mm. So I am a big one in setting timers. I use the Pomodoro technique. I don't know if anybody who's listening has heard of that, but that's when you set a timer for 20 minutes and you work on one task uh, in that 20 minutes. And then you, when the timer goes off, you have a quick break and then you do another one. And then after a few, like after say three, you have a longer break, you have a half an hour break. And it's just a way of working productively on one task at a time because we can be we can be uh very easily distracted as well in multitasking right okay so how long is your break after the 20 minute timer goes off i think it's two minutes two, two minutes. minutes every 20 minutes and then is when you like- have three so you've done three cycles then you would have a 20 minute or a half an hour break is this an app or something that people can download or do you, you just can, do it? Yeah, you can absolutely download an app. You can, if you just Google Pomodoro technique um, or have a look in the app store, there'll be tons of oh, wow. of apps that you can use. Yeah. Cool. I'll, I'll just look at one, the one that I've got on my computer is called, uh, because I do use, I'm on a Mac. Um, it's called Be Focused, the one that I use. Focused. Okay. So cool. you can actually write the name of the task that you're committing to do in 
in that when you set the timer and so wow (laughs) it keeps you focused that's cool okay so here's a question if you start on one test and you thought you could my thing is i always think i can get more done than i can so in that 20 minute i'd be like respond to all emails and let's say i have like 20 emails that i need to respond to and there's no way that i can get 20 done in that time then the timer goes off and a lot of times i can feel like frustrated because i think I should have gotten all those emails done, the 20 emails in the 20 minutes. And now it's time for me to stand up. I don't deserve to stand up yet because I didn't get the 20 emails done, right? Like that kind of conversation. And I know that's not good. That's just me being honest here. Um, So I guess my question is like, do you just have to set really realistic goals? Or if you set an unrealistic goal, what do you do when the timer goes off? Well, I can, I constantly have sessions where I have to go and work on it again and again. Um, because I am big on time chunking <laughs> and so I will like to to spend I, I don't know two hours or something on quite a meaty task um, but it forces you to break it down into smaller more achievable amounts so that your brain is just focusing on a piece of the the working on emails so you can decide hey I'm going to re- reply to these five emails in that time Hmm. The, the the whole self-talk thing, but that's a whole nother issue though. Right, 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 right. Oh, I know. I mean, I, I teach on it, but I also am a, you know, I'm a human being. So it's also. Yeah, yeah we all have those words and those stories that go on in our heads. Right. And so it really like, I don't know whether you need to just put print out on a big piece of paper and put progress over perfection on your computer <laughs> screen or whatever it is. But just the more you can fill uh, your life with affirmations as opposed to that negative self-talk, it can, it can catch you out on it. Yeah, it's good. Okay. One more question on this and then we're going to move on. And I know we have about five minutes left here. So you, um, in this scenario, you said something about how you like to get really deep into a task for two hours. And this is something my best friend was telling me about recently. She's writing a TV show and she said she feels like the first 20 or 30 minutes, she's just like getting settled in. And then at the 30 minute mark, she really starts to find her flow. So do you think the timer thing would, would help that or hinder that? Uh, I do think that it would help that. Um, uh, And you can adjust the time that you spend working. Like the Pomodoro technique is 20 minutes. I tend to find that that's a bit short for me and I tend to like working in 30 minute bursts. Um, But it is actually, it does increase your productivity. Like it's scientifically shown to increase your productivity when you take those short breaks. So even if it's just to get up and have a stretch and then get straight back into it, the most important thing is that in that break, you're not distracting yourself and moving your mind to another task. It's just literally to have a stretch or go get a glass of water, go to have a, um, you know, toilet break or, or whatever it is, but you're still keeping your mind on that task if you need to keep it going. Because it actually takes us 15 minutes to recalibrate every time we swap tasks. Mm. So that's why it's really important to focus on one task at a time. Because if you are switching tasks all the time, it, you're not being productive until after 15 minutes into the task. Wow. It means that your productivity really over the course of the day is terrible. Whereas if you can task chunk, which is what I like to call it, and group all of the types of tasks, like scheduling social media or um, writing a proposal or whatever the task is that you've got to do, if you can schedule it into one task and work on it from start to finish, it's a lot more efficient of both your time, but also your energy. And you'll be a lot less tired at the end of the day. 
Hmm. Okay. This is good. I love this. And I think some of what goes along with this is if there is a bigger project, and this is something that they said in our, um, for those of you who, I don't think anyone would know this, Kat and I met through our coaching program, Growth University, um, and we are in a mastermind together. So of course, masterminds work, getting around the right people works. Um, it's so powerful yeah. to be around people um, who have similar mindsets. But something they said is make the task so short and so easy that you can't, can't fail. Cause I think yeah. sometimes the task is really big, right? So I tend to, at the start of my day, I write down like a few really big tasks I want to get done. And if I was being honest with myself, there's really no way in hell I could get those three huge tasks done because that would be like a week worth of work. But in my mind, I yeah. think I'm, I'm efficient. I'm a powerhouse. I freaking got this, you know? And then yeah. I like, I'm exhausted at the end of the day. Cause I'm just going, 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 going. Um, yeah. and so what they said about making it an even smaller task, so if you have like a really big task, okay, well, what are the, the 15 steps to get done with that one task, right? And breaking it into those 15 tasks. And yeah. then I think if you plug those 15 smaller tasks into, a, first of all, maybe a few different days, and then second of all, using the timer method that you're suggesting, then you're not going to feel so exhausted at the end of the day and you feel yeah. good because you got stuff done. And you feel like you get that sense of endorphins because you cross something off your list. Yes. Satisfaction. So, yeah, I'm all about breaking down big tasks into smaller tasks. Absolutely. Whether or not it's just I'm going to do f five things of it, or I'm good. Because for for me, I'm a course creator. I've got like 34 courses. So, for example, if I put um, create and the name of a course on my to do list, it, it's like a week's worth of work. <laughs> Whereas if I go okay, I'm going to create all of the images for the sales page, not even the sales page, but just the images for the sales page in this workflow, then I can still, I can cross something off my list. I've got something gratifying done. Uh, so it's just, yeah. That's so good. Kat, I'm like the, I'm, I'm what you just said, what you laughed at, where you were like, if I were to write just like the name of my course and like complete it today, that's who I, that's how I think I can be some days. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm creating a new masterclass. Got it. That should take me two hours. And then like 15 hours yeah. later, it's like not done. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love that. That's, this is, you're saying gold nuggets of breaking things into much, much, much smaller pieces. So then you can cross off your list and, and stand up and stretch. And the last thing I'm going to add into that is that not using your phone, like something I've been trying lately, this is maybe a little TMI, but I've been trying to not bring my bathroom to I've been trying not to bring my phone to the bathroom with me because I've noticed sometimes in the name of efficiency and getting as much done as possible, it's like I go to the bathroom in the middle of my workday and I even bring my phone with me to like respond to a text and email while I pee. I mean, how bad is yeah. that, right? Like, uh, yeah. You know, I'm sure many of us are guilty of that. <laughs> and, and it really is. It's like I'm in the middle of a different task that I'm really yeah. focused on, but I get up to pee and I just think, oh, well, I'll just respond to an email while I pee then. And then I'll jump back into this task. But what it does yeah. is it ends up breaking my focus and it adds up, yeah. adds more stress. Like mm -hmm. I could use that minute to just use the restroom and just breathe a little bit, you know, instead yeah. of and the space. Think about the task that you're working on as well. Like it, an idea might come to you or, you know, if we, we just, we don't leave ourselves enough space for our creativity. Mm. Wow. That's good. I love that sentence right there. 
Okay. What so... frustrates me sometimes about doing yoga actually is that in the, <laughs> you know, the, the meditation at the end, you're lying there. That's when my best ideas come to me. And so on the way home from yoga, I've always got my voice messaging app open going and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Final I think it's because I've left myself the space for that to happen. Yeah. And that for me, sometimes it's showers too. I yoga and final shavasana, yes, and shower. And when I'm in the shower, I think of great ideas sometimes. It's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or the car. Oh my gosh, don't even get me started on the car. <laughs> it's basically anytime you don't have your phone in hand, you can actually think. Who would have thought? Yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. Hey there. You may already know my story from thinking that my life wasn't very valuable or have much purpose to transitioning to the belief that I am valuable and my life was created for a purpose. And then starting to finally pursue my biggest dreams. And I have a feeling you might be on a similar path that you're wanting to fully believe in yourself and your quote unquote crazy dreams and have the confidence it takes to audaciously pursue those dreams. So if you're listening right now and thinking, yes, Janelle, that is 100% me then I have something special for you. You see, I still remember the days where I cared way too much about what other people thought of me and was filled with uncertainty around what I was and wasn't capable of doing with my life. And looking back, I am certain that there is one thing that I wish I had known all this time. I want to share it with you to help you make the transition from caring way too much about other people's opinion of you to becoming a free bird fully allowing yourself to pursue what you want. So I've created a free resource that lays out the number one thing that's getting in the way of you having that unshakable confidence and how to overcome it. If you're ready to commit to your personal growth and get real honest with yourself, go to nextlevelconfident.com forward slash confidence muscle and grab this free resource. Okay, so a few things that you had mentioned that you feel like women tend to find perfectionism in is booking meetings, having a hard conversation um, with their boss or with a coworker, asking for a raise or applying for a new job. Or, and I love this one that you mentioned, they've created something, but they're too scared to show someone. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you say to those women right now? Well, and I think another one that we uh, we left off the list is uh, making big decisions. So if you, because you mentioned before that one of the things that you keep saying is that you were going to move somewhere and you weren't taking action. That's really common, whether it's moving jobs or moving house or buying a new house or, or whatever, but change is something that people procrastinate a lot about as well. Um, so again, it goes back to that why. Is your why bigger than your discomfort? And if the answer is yes, then it's about making a decision and starting to take action. If you are in motion, you ca you can't like you can't stagnate. So um, perfectionism is one of the biggest stagnators. It just makes us stand still. And one of my coaches, I can't, I um one of my favorite quotes of his, Dale Beaumont from Business Blueprint in Australia. He says, um, "If you're not green and growing, you're ripe and rotting." Whoa. And it just always sticks in my mind. <laughs> but if you're green and growing, which means if you're taking action and moving forward, regardless of how little the steps are, then you can't be just, you know, stationary. Because if you stop 
and everybody else is moving forward, you, you, you kind of do get left behind a bit. Mm, yeah, you do. And that sucks when that happens. <laughs> and you want to find other and, people. And how would you, you? Yeah. And how would you feel if you didn't ask and someone else got that promotion over you just because they asked or they got the raise because they asked because they took action? Like it would be stink. Right. Right. It's so true. And I think that sometimes with those really big decisions too, um, like the moving to a new city or changing a house or whatever, some of these really big decisions, um, for me, what really got me thinking is like, okay, 10 years from now, if I'm still where I am today, like that location, will I be upset with myself or will I feel like there's regret? And if the answer is yes, that I feel like there will be regret, then that means then I need to take action because regret is, I mean, I just, I think I have a fear. I remember hearing about the top five regrets of the dying. And it's a, it's a book. And I remember hearing about some of the regrets that people dying have. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to feel that kind of regret on my deathbed. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes mm-hmm. scares me into taking action. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <sighs> I mean, in 2017, we, we sold our house and we took our kids out of school and we went traveling and it had been a dream of mine since I had got married. And that must've been like 17 or 16 years prior. So as soon as we got married, cause I married someone from England, we were going to go back to England and we were going to travel. And then here, 16 years later, two kids in, um, a, t- a dog, you know, more cats, a house, all of that <laughs> stuff. I was like, just, I'm done with it. Cause, cause what, and what happened is that my dad had just passed away of cancer. And I was like, he had wanted to travel for his whole life and he just didn't. So here I was with the ability to change that for myself and to not have those regrets. And we just did it. Wow. Best thing we ever did. Wow. That's an incredible story. Thank you so much for sharing that Kat. You're welcome. <laughs> really sorry for your loss um, of your father. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, his life was a gift. So, um, yeah, we remember him fondly. Yeah, very, very true. Okay, so um, in closing up here, Kat, if you could urge every listener right now to walk away from this podcast and take one specific action step, what would it be? to decide what that one specific action step that they need to take is. So what is, what is the goal here? What is it that you want? What, like, what is your why and what is it that you want? And then what's the next one thing that you can do to make that happen? Don't worry about like how you're going to get to the end point, but what's the next one thing that you can do to make it happen? And just, if you keep doing that next one thing, and then you just focus on the next one thing, and then the next one thing, then pretty soon you'll have achieved momentum and you'll be on your way to making it happen. Hmm. Okay. And what if someone listening right now feels like they have a lot of things they want to take action on? Like they want to ask for a raise and they want to move and they want to improve their relationship, right? Because a lot of times us women are like that. We get analysis paralysis because so, we, uh, we just want everything. We want everything now, immediately. Oh, absolutely everything. Okay. So here's the thing, right? If you, if this is an old proverb, if you try and chase two rabbits, you won't end up with any rabbits. And so, yeah, 
So this is the, the one thing that I go back to when I'm trying to do all the things, because as a creator, it is my natural tendency to go and want to do all the things. Um, but if you split your focus over too many things, you just won't catch the rabbit. So you need to figure out what the one or two, if like maybe three um, most important things are that you're working towards, but don't go any, like if your list is longer than three, you're like, you, you need to reprioritize. Just have those those top kind of couple of things and um, it goes back to that, that prioritization, yeah. Yeah, so good. Thank you so much for sharing, Kat. Thank you for being on the Next Level Confident podcast. You have dropped so many wisdom bombs. I feel really motivated to get focused, get clarity on what is the one thing that I really want and to just take the next step. We can't see 20 steps forward. We can't see 30 steps forward. There's actually a Bible verse that says that the word is a lamp unto my feet. And one, I remember hearing a, a, a pastor one time say like, we want to have an entire, um, like a light that just, it's like a stadium light. Like we want to see our whole, we want to see the whole forest all around. We want to see every single step in front of us, but a lot of times all we have is just a lamp and all we can see is just, yeah, I have this visualization of me like walking on a river that has little stones on it and I'm hopping from stone to stone and I'm always wishing I could see the whole river. When does the river end or whatever? But all I have access to is just one yeah. stone ahead and just take that step on the stone and then take another step onto the next stone. And that's all, that's all you can see is the next step. Just take that one. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> My mum always says, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. One bite at a time. Exactly. One bite at a time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys, if you want to check out Kat's Instagram or her Facebook, it's at the helpful Academy, or you can head to her website, thehelpfulacademy.com. And again, you can grab her small business growth calendar. If your next step is starting a business, or maybe you already have a business, but your next step is to grow it, grab that calendar so that that way you can have bite-sized pieces of how to grow your business. Kat, have a beautiful rest of your day. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks everyone for having me. See you. Bye.